it's time for another edition of Senior Moments. Senior Moments, Brain Farts. I try hard to remember, but the process never starts. Senior Moments. You're listening to CFISFM 93.1, being Tuesday afternoon at 1 o'clock. We're here with Senior Bowens. Hi, Sharon. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm good. Good? I spent uh, part of Sunday at the Show and Shine selling tickets for the new tower. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was really a wonderful, busy day. And, I mean, it looked like it was going to rain. Mm-hmm. It never did rain. Good. And they had a... Um, a really interesting food serving area that was really well organized. I have never been to a place where you lined up, took they took your order, wrote it down, you paid for it, and then you went into another lineup. And there was a whole row of barbecues, barbecuing um, oh, hamburgers, uh, sausages, hot dogs, and they had a great array of choices mm-hmm. and very, very reasonably priced, too. Sounds and it was like, all good. Sounds like an assembly line. It was, but it was a, an unusual one because it was all ordinary, everyday guys yeah. barbecuing and women. And it was great. And we uh, we had a nice area to sit where we could see the world go by. It was so nice to see families out. It was Father's Day, of course, mm-hmm. and all the different dogs. It was nice that people could bring their dogs through the park. And uh, it's been a long time since I've been in the park, since last July, I think, yeah. <laughs> July 1st. Those guys with the $10,000 paint jobs must be nervous when there's dogs around, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all on leashes, Yeah, all okay. well-behaved. So there was none of that going on. Lots of beautiful vehicles. Mm. Yeah. So would you like to introduce our guest, Sharon? Yes, Annie Booth. Annie Booth is uh, well-known to a lot of us as um, because of her – she's up at UMBC – she teaches environmental studies, amongst other things, and she's innovative, enthusiastic, and willing to take chances. She came here, didn't she? Yeah, this is the biggest <laughs> chance of her of the last month or so, right? So, Annie, I, I Public was, embarrassment. <laughs> no, uh, but Annie's a, a member of our community. You see her at lots of things, and uh, I wanted to bring her in to talk about the environmental things, but I thought, first of all, I wanted to talk a bit about um, your particular course up there, because I never took a course in environmental studies, well, and I'm very interested. I, I know, <laughs> and I'm interested in the environment. I remember you doing an experiment with different grasses. Yeah, the sustainable it, landscaping. Yeah, yeah, that was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, that was an interesting research project. Uh, I noticed you still have a remnant of it out there with the trellis we put on the Studio 288. Building okay, and yeah, they put yeah. a lovely mural on it, so that was great to see. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, um, what were you doing this past year that was innovative and different? Uh, this year, in addition to teaching, which is always innovative and different because yeah. you always have different students with yeah. different questions, and so it's always <laughs> that's what keeps you young and interesting or interested. I don't know if I'm interesting. <laughs> uh, but the the research project I've been working on uh, in collaboration with uh, Dan Ryan, who's uh, a dean up at the university, uh, is looking at public perceptions of urban bears in Prince George. Oh, uh, nice. I moved, uh, bought a house about four years ago in Lower College Heights, and the minute I arrived there, 
uh, once spring happened, the first thing I did is look out and say, my, there's a very large bear in my backyard. <laughs> yep, that's normal up there. <laughs> it is very normal, uh, in addition to the moose and everything else that comes through. Uh, but one of the things that I noticed is my neighbors really were very bad about dealing with the fact they had uh, bears in the neighborhood. And so once spring came... I was constantly picking up garbage from my yard. Uh, it was always somebody else's garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was a bungee cord fan. I still bungee cord my garbage. Yep. Uh, and I started getting interested in people's responses to the fact they had urban bears in their neighborhoods and, uh, you know, whether they wanted the bear shot, whether they thought they should be relocated, whether uh, it was just a question of doing some education and providing mm-hmm. people some alternatives for dealing with their garbage. So last summer, uh, spring and summer, we did a survey. Mm-hmm. Uh, my students went door to door asking people in various parts of the city uh, their perceptions of bears, their knowledge of bears, and, and what they would like to see happen uh, in terms of dealing with uh, bears in the neighborhood. And we're just beginning to analyze the data. I know the Nor- uh, Northern Bear Awareness Society that we, uh, we collaborated with on this is anxiously awaiting my statistics. <laughs> uh, and we're hoping to perhaps uh, figure out a way to expand it with an online survey if we can find uh, a f- some extra money to run it uh, to expand and the, the pool uh, because bears and other wildlife are a fact of life. Today was, you know, I saw bears walking the dogs twice now. Yeah. Uh, one at uh, Ginter's and one's down off of Cowart. They're simply what we deal with in, in Prince George and increasingly right. in other areas. And I want to know what people think about that. That's wonderful because I, so many of us live here because of that. Yeah. You know, like it's a gift to see something that's um, struggling to survive in in. And where we've moved into their territory. That's right. They were I mean, here first. Some, some of the uh, the game trails are thousands of years old, and they go through your property. And so, oh my God, kill it! I think an example was on TV uh, yesterday when the, these um, joggers were in Alberta, and this young bear they met, and the bear was. They weren't sure whether the bear was going to play with them or he was just young, right? And he'd run up the tree and then he'd come at them. And they were very clear that they were just careful mm-hmm. and they did most everything right. But it was the interviewer that said, oh, my God, weren't you terrified? Didn't you think that he was going to kill you or bite your leg off or something? And I think that's what you're trying to find out. And when you have an interviewer that's um, uh, demonizing mm-hmm. a young bear that's curious, um, then, you know, it's just exactly like the wolves and everything. They get demonized and wiped out. And, and yet they were here first, just like you said, Bob. Shouldn't we demonize uh, TV interviewers, maybe? Yeah, well, I have written in about that particular one. <laughs> I said, I wrote in and said, I don't want to hear your opinion. I want to hear the opinion of your guests. And I have to remember that for myself. <laughs> but I think it's very interesting because one of the, uh, the things, you know, I see this cinnamon bear and her cubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the staff said uh, she just saw a bear with three cubs the other day. And we're all excited mm-hmm. that we're seeing these. I'm not so excited at a quarter after five when my dog starts barking in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's more of a nuisance. But, you yeah. know, yeah. She, yeah. Uh, she lets us know every time mm-hmm. anything happens yeah. in the neighborhood, right? It doesn't and it's matter just what about, time of day. It's just about keeping the garbage. Mm-hmm. They won't bother you. And it's about picking up the fruit. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So that's a very good um, study that you're doing. Um, tell me what else that you're doing that's innovative. <laughs> I know that there's always going to be something well, yeah. different. Must innovate. Must <laughs> innovate. Yes. No, no, but... Annie has a reputation for that. Okay. 
different. Did you live up to it? (laughs) The other thing I'm uh, currently working on, uh, in addition to running the uh, graduate program in natural resources and environmental studies, is uh, uh, I am working on planning a conference uh, at the university that will happen in October, uh, 16th. 1718. Uh, it's a collaborative conference. Uh, we're partnering with CNC. Uh, we're partnering with Carrier Sakani Tribal Council. We're, of course, partnering with Clayton Tanay, mm-hmm. uh, and the Prince George Native Friendship Center. And the purpose of the conference is to bring in, uh, academic researchers and Aboriginal community researchers because we're all looking to develop data and knowledge about different things, uh, and to work to improve relationships, uh, on developing research. One of the things that that always worries me as a researcher, I, I do a lot of uh, research in collaboration with, with Aboriginal peoples, uh, is I've seen some research done by other people and other universities that I didn't think was particularly collaborative uh, with Aboriginal communities. Uh, we have a number of them in British Columbia uh, that the university and the college w- would, I think, like to continue to work with uh, to mutual benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm interested in having people come in from across British Columbia, uh, in the north, from UNBC, from CNC, from uh, Northwest Community College, Northern Lights, and sit down together and talk about how we can really improve the research process so that's benefiting everybody because there's the old classic parachute in, grab their data, leave. Mm -hmm. The community never benefits or hears from a researcher again, and that's really terrible research. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I want to really encourage uh, community members to see the universities and college professors as honest brokers of data Mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, it might be a little iffy to trust the government because they have an agenda, consultants, Whoever's paying for the data owns the data and consultants will sometimes give people what they want Mm because it's being paid for. Mm -hmm. So academic researchers can be honest brokers of data, but unless the data is collected honestly and is collected in a way that's really useful to Aboriginal communities, then it's a waste of time and money for everybody. So how do you work together to make sure everybody really benefits from from developing that knowledge? And as well, Aboriginal communities and themselves in the business are producing knowledge and Mm -hmm. we don't really have a good understanding about what they're doing themselves, Mm -hmm. but we think it would be really interesting to learn from them uh, Mm -hmm. about how they're collecting data, how they're generating knowledge, and how they're using it. So that's taking, it's uh, it's different. Um, I don't think that's happened in the North before. No, uh, I don't so, think so either. Yeah, we're really looking forward to, to seeing some expanded research opportunities and partnerships uh, with Aboriginal communities coming out of that particular conference. Mm-hmm. I found it very interesting this morning when um, I was thinking about you coming on and then hearing on the news all about the big announcement at 1.15 today from Ottawa about uh, the the oil um, pipeline, pipeline. pipeline yeah. yeah, and you know one of the things I've been curious about is is there places of intent of putting um, the pipeline, and and one of them is uh, entering a park that is um, a lava rock, mm-hmm. and it's a sacred ground for Aboriginals, and they're talking about putting the pipeline under the river instead of over it, and and I. You know, I just don't get the – it finally came to me that they're giving us choices that we can't accept. And so eventually they're going to give us a choice that they think that we will accept. <laughs> and it's like it reminded me when I was left to child mine three children when I was running a shelter down in Quenelle. Everybody had to go out, and so I child-minded. And here I am with two twi- – uh, 
a set of twins and another one. And they were fighting, they were arguing, and I said, okay, kids, we're going to watch TV. And I gave them three choices, two of which I knew they wouldn't take. They could watch TV, but they had to watch the news or <laughs> something. Or they could watch Sesame Street. And I'm thinking, is that what they're doing? Te- yeah. Treating us like we're three-year-olds, giving us choices that they know that we can't accept so that at the end they're going to give us a choice that everybody will agree to because who can even imagine the cost of putting um, a line underneath the river? Well, it is expensive and the problem is uh, in spite of pipelines companies claim to safety, Mm. uh, it's not just the big oopsies that you pay attention to. I mean, certainly... uh, there have been a number, you know, Kalamazoo was an excellent example, yes. the neighborhood in, in Mississippi who ended up with oil in their backyards. Oh, um, it's Burnaby. Very, yeah. Burnaby, it's very clear to anybody who uh, pays attention that big disasters happen. Uh, and they will happen not as frequently as, as people fear, but they will happen. What is more problematic uh, and underreported, and people don't think about it, are the smaller leaks. Mm-hmm. And so smaller leaks happen all the time. They're not, they don't get public attention, and they also don't get the public dollars for cleanup because they're usually very small, but in the localized area, they can be pretty devastating. Uh, now, the federal government and British Columbia have really poor track records in terms of once they've approved projects mm-hmm. in actually making sure that, A, uh, those companies abide by any provisions that were actually you know, assessed when they did the environmental assessment. But B, when those companies finish and leave, they leave mess behind. And the government is not mandated to go back and say, please clean up your mess. Uh, this is a problem. There are oil uh, sites up in Northeast Peace area that have been leaking since the 1960s. They cause a real mess. They're contaminating land and waters and wildlife. Yeah. Uh, the company has moved on. The government is not in the business of tracking them down and suing them to fix it. Everybody keeps ducking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the commentary in the paper today that, that correctly pointed out that, that the B.C. Ministry of the Environment and the federal government uh, aren't expanding environmental protection services. No. They are, in fact, cutting staff. And yeah. if you talk mm-hmm. to environmental uh, government workers, they'll tell you they can't do their job. There are too few of them. They have enormous areas to cover. So it's not going to be the big ones, although that's what everybody's really afraid of. It's going to be the small, constant, chronic leaks and spills that are going to add up to probably more than Kalamazoo over time that Mm -hmm. are really going to cause the damage. It's not ever a question of if. It is simply a question of wins. Similarly, a tractor, uh, tractor. similarly, a tanker spill. It's never just a question of if. But when? Yeah. These will happen. Yeah. And the really troubling thing is, is BC and the people who live along the pipe, this particular pipeline route are not the really ones who are going to benefit Mm-mm. substantially. Most of the revenues go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. If BC benefits at all, it's through general coffers, through royalties. Maybe the North will see a trickle back, but the way things are, most of the royalties stay in the lower mainland where the population sits. <laughs> but we're the ones inheriting the risks. We're the ones who are going to yeah. live with the oil spill, and we are not going to see the jobs that these people keep uh, talking about. And here's the really troubling fact. We're really hung up over the, the Northern Gateway project. Yeah. There are several other pipelines planned. Yes. Beginning construction. That will happen in the next 20 years, and at the moment, they are sliding under the radar because everybody's hung up with the Northern Gateway, and everybody else is going, isn't this great? We're yep. not Enbridge. Yeah. It's all good, and they're <laughs> sliding along, yeah. right, as well as things that never see the light of day in environmental assessment, the oil oh, and gas business God. up in the Northeast. Yeah. 
is very devastating. Okay, yeah. we have to take a break. Oh, do we? Yep, oh. we, it's always time for a break oh. around here. You know that, don't you, Shane? <laughs> so well, you're listening to Senior Moments on CFIS FM 93.1, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes with more interesting talk about uh, oil pipelines and leaks, right? Is there something in the Bible you've always had a question about? Tune in for a complete answer with our new half-hour edition of Stump the Pastor. I'm Pastor Ellis Waddell. Join me and my guests each Sunday morning at 8.30 as we take an in-depth look at the toughest biblical questions. Submit your question by email to stumpthepastor at cfisfm.com and you could receive a gift from CFISFM and the Heartland Baptist Church. Tune in and be enlightened. Sunday mornings at 8.30 for Stump the Pastor, only here on 93.1 CFISFM. Got too much month at the end of your money? Whether your budget is tight because you're buying a new home, making home renovations, or you've got plans to get a new RV for the family, we can help. We're Spruce Credit Union. Come in today for personal service and in-branch decision-making from a Spruce Credit Union loans officer. Borrow for your dreams and save for your future. Spruce Credit Union has two locations, Heart Centre Mall and on Victoria Street. We belong to you. Residents across BC are being called upon to make one simple lifestyle change to reduce their cancer risk. The Canadian Cancer Society's My One Thing initiative is based on the knowledge that about half of all cancers can be prevented through healthy living. You're encouraged to make one change to reduce your risk. Anything from taking the stairs at work to eating more vegetables can make a difference. Write down your one thing and share it with family and friends. Visit myonething.ca and take your next step toward cancer prevention. Forecast from Environment Canada for today's sunny wind from the south at 20 a high of 22 and a high uv index tonight increasing cloudiness early this evening south winds becoming light down to a low of nine on wednesday cloudy becoming a mix of sun and cloud near noon a 30 percent chance of showers in the evening wind from the northwest at 20 starting in the afternoon and a high of 20 back on Senior Moments on CFIS FM 93.1, and we've been talking to Annie about Enbridge. Well, about well, Not pipelines. Enbridge in particular, sorry. <laughs> we need to pick on them, but not exclusively, right? And I think, Annie, what you've said about those other uh, pipelines sliding under the radar as we're all focusing on Enbridge and, and mm-hmm. Gateway um, is what I'm thinking is happening in lots of areas yes. up up there that the they, the big spills instead of the little spills so that we're focusing on that one instead of being aware of the the little ones and you know the other thing is that we don't really know what's going on up north no and areas are few and far between and people yep. don't travel much between them so i think the the point you made about us taking a risk and not seeing much of a benefit is 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 quite important too. Yeah, and know? and I think the more that, like, I'm what's going to happen? I mean, we heard uh, interviews this morning where that one um, Aboriginal leader said, "If I have to die, I will die." Mm. And I mean, that kind of puts a a, a strong line in the sand. Sure does. You no, know? so. and and so we have uh, communities up there that have uh, voted against having the pipeline, and and may have been ignored. Who knows? Maybe Mr. Harper will have said we have to do some more research. <laughs> we'll find You're not out. being facetious there, are you? Sure? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm curious, like, there's there's a demand, obviously, for in the world for oil. Mm-hmm. So this oil that's coming across BC and these different pipelines, where is it going? Mostly to China. So, yeah, China's the driving economy of the world right now, right? 
Uh, it's Pretty one much. of the big ones, yeah. Yeah. It, so. but it also lacks a lot of natural resources. Right. So it's mm-hmm. not like we're extracting the oil to ensure that Canadians have cheaper oil prices. Exactly. Yeah. It's going somewhere else. That's uh, what I was so. getting at. Yeah. Yeah. So we really meantime, can- we're paying a dollar forty something for a liter of gasoline. Yeah. Yeah. We pay a dollar something for gasoline. Really? When? Where? A I mean, do- we're paying quite a lot of money for a dollar forty one a liter. I think. Right now. Right now. Yeah. 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 That's a lot of money. No, it isn't, because what's happening is the government is subsidizing the cost of oil and gas to prevent people rioting in the streets. Mm. So you're never actually paying the full cost of gasoline. Still you, che- still expensive. Oh, it's still expensive, but the Europeans would differ with you on that particular uh, price. But that's the problem again. Yeah, is so much it's coming of, out of our backyard here. We can go, you know, it should be coming out of our backyard. It's not. Mostly what we're getting is from the Americans. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so which um, is, that just doesn't make sense, no, does it? No, it doesn't. It, well, anyways, and if it and, made sense, it'd probably be wrong, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. isn't it Norway that uses all of its own um, natural resources? They they don't uh, they don't send any out. They uh, use it all and provides free schooling and a whole mm-hmm. bunch of stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm I think that we should do that. I think that. That would be a good thing for us to okay, do. We're going we're to make you Queen of Canada. We're going to get started <laughs> on this project, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. But that self-sufficiency is actually pretty critical, and we don't really think about it. Uh, what troubles me sometimes about the, the broad world market is how dependent we have become upon it. Exactly. Most people don't think through the fact that in Prince George, for example, uh, on a really good week, we have supplies available for seven days. Exactly. So the grocery stores have supplies yeah. for seven days. The oil uh, gas companies have supplies for seven days. And that's well, uh, well and good as long as resources to continue to come in. But mm-hmm. so many of the resources, whether food or fuel uh, or heat, come from outside, and we are very vulnerable. I mean, Russia cutting off Ukraine today was just one example. They relied on an external source. The external source said, no, you can't have it for probably, you know, very complex political reasons, but we're very dependent. So if a company says Mm -hmm. we're not going to send you our oil because we don't actually use the oil we produce, we sell it elsewhere and buy uh, elsewhere, if somebody says we're not going to sell you uh, our particular grain, because again, we eat very few uh, Canadian produced materials. If you go to a grocery store, the apples you buy are usually from Washington State. Mm-hmm. Anything that Canada is growing goes elsewhere. We're incredibly dependent, and that's well and good as long as the chain continues to function. You are all, you may be senior, but you won't remember the influenza outbreak, Spanish influenza. Now, the thing that was really significant about Spanish influenza in 1918, aside from killing a whole lot of people, more than the world war did, yeah. was the fact it cut transportation supplies. Mm. things did not move. Now, back in 1918, people were far more self-sufficient, and so they were able to mostly provide for themselves with kitchen gardens uh, with supplies on hand. Mm-hmm. Imagine something similar happens and the transportation of goods shut down after seven days. Prince George is in deep trouble. Hmm. Well, I always think of the bridges. You know, mm-hmm. if the bridges went out, then what happens to us? Yes. And... Um, in fact, I went to the uh, forestry and got a map to see if I could get down to Vancouver <laughs> the back way, and you can. No, not really. <laughs> but you need a four by four. Yeah. Yeah. Or snowshoes. Yeah. yeah. And um, but the thing is, we are very vulnerable. And then they're what they've changed the um, agricultural mm-hmm. laws now so that they can be used for industry instead of food. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, it, it, I, we can't drink oil. 
only olive oil or, and we don't make that here. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's about the bigger picture. Yes. And this is only time, like in time we'll run out of gas, of mm-hmm. oil, natural gas. In time that will be gone. And yeah. so, um, I've always asked how, how much have we got in the ground to let, la- how long will it last? And Who when do we run that? out? Yeah. 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 And so, how are we going to feed ourselves? We'll yeah. probably be gone by that time, Sharon. Yeah. Well, but that doesn't make it okay. <laughs> no, I know it doesn't, but... <laughs> not for your kids and your grandkids, not at all, no. We've got to look, I mean, we've got to think about these things, and people aren't. I mean, we had a discussion at the lunch table at work the other day, and nobody realized that we only had seven days nope. of food, gasoline, I mean, the water. I don't, I wouldn't drink the water out of the the river that I live beside because the cows and the horses and probably people. Yeah. So really and truly. And so in your studies, when you're, is this would be part of your program teaching, right? About uh, self-sufficiency and how we need to look out for the future and what we need to do. We talk a lot about it. I mean, you know, I'm teaching the university kids who are going to go on and hopefully make decisions uh, in the future. And they actually need to think through some of the realities. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of us have become used to everything's always available. The government will take care of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes there's that sense of the government always knows uh, what's right. Surely they won't make decisions that are not in the best interests uh, of their citizens. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, without, well, (laughs) government is government. You know, we need it. It's important. It does keep order and provide us with the things that allow us to carry on uh, in life uh, quite well and, and ignore the realities of things nicely. But at the same time, something like Enbridge is a class example it's a very short-term set of thinking right the oil sands aren't going to be producing forever they're talking about very few jobs in the long term they're talking about contamination nobody has ever figured out how to appropriately and finally remediate oil contamination in soil or water uh, sorts of things similar issue with fracking these are very short-term situations Government has come to rely upon the royalties they get from the development of the natural resources, but none of these things will continue forever. They're mm-hmm. very short-term investments. Mm-hmm. We really need to be thinking long-term. And what was that union that has refused to support it? Um, there's a union in Canada, not but in BC. I forget the name of it, but they've refused to support the pipeline mm-hmm. because the jobs will be short. Because it's not going to benefit. Oh, you mean they're not going to send workers? They won't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And that's huge to hear a union yeah. come out. That, yeah. 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 But, no, they're smart. But you talked about long-term planning and long-term thinking. That doesn't fit very well with our three, four, five-year term politicians because they no. don't think beyond the next election, right? The next no. election is to get reelected. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what do we do? <laughs> Well, we find politicians that will have some No, I mean, the politicians think in terms of election cycles, and they aren't going to come out with unpopular things because their their basic goal is to get elected again. Uh, And, you know, nobody wants a dictator, and democracy is a terrible, terrible system. It just happens to be the best thing we've actually (laughs) had. So nobody wants to get rid of that or elections, and you want that sort of – but – the people that are always not going to think that short term, the people of a long term stake are the voters. Yeah. They're the ones who must keep the politicians honest. They're the ones who must track. They have to remember. They must pay attention. Mm-hmm. They must watch. The worst thing for democracy 
are people who don't pay attention to the politicians. It's complacency. Mm-hmm. Complacency. Yeah, yeah that's and the those are the thing. problems that we yeah. face and that we have to well, address. It's rampant, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> we have to fire them up. <laughs> we have to get them on uh, to understand that their vote is very important yep. and who they vote for is very it's important. It's critical. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. living in a country where 50% turnout is cause for celebration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty scary. Yeah. And I don't think that was true in the past because our generation was raised to see that that was a privilege and a responsibility to vote. And, uh, it, you know, to turn voting age was a celebration in my family anyway. It was a huge um, opportunity to make a, a difference. I, know. Mark, I think I think yeah. that thinking has kind of gotten eroded since mm-hmm. since we were young, Sharon. Yeah, that's a shame. It is yeah. a shame. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, as Mark Twain said once, "Don't vote; it encourages them." Um, <laughs> and I think a lot of the kids that I talk to, the college, high school students, don't do it because they see it as a bit of a, a farce. The names change, but everything sort of remains the same. Right. Now, what I admire about them is they, you know, I think they should vote, even if it seems like, you know. You're going to lose no matter what. You should vote. But the other things you do is you go out and you change the world in better ways. Yes. In other ways. You get involved in other more creative endeavors. And I think that's what a lot of them are doing, whether it's, you know, uh, urban farming, whether it is, you know, helping the poor, whether it is going out and volunteering. That's what you like. That's how you change society. And eventually, the politicians have to come to reflect society. Mm-hmm. So you do need to vote. There's the key word. But yeah. you have to do other things as well yeah. to invest in civil society. It takes a long time, and in the meantime, a lot of damage is done. Yes. Well, Carol Murray and I quite celebrated a few years ago when the Green Party got a seat in Ottawa because we voted for the Green Party for the first time ever, and we know we got her in. Good for you. <laughs> Excellent. Good for you. Two yeah. votes. <laughs> those, those two votes really counted for a lot, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what so. we said. We did it. <laughs> so we've come to the end of the first half hour, oh, Sharon. Okay. So we better wrap this up. Well, well, Annie, I can't express my gratitude and having you come here and enlighten us, and I would like to bring you back because this is going to be an ongoing conversation and it should be an ongoing discussion on this show right? yeah exactly, yeah, exactly and yeah. and with people like yourself who have the knowledge uh, we we have our own personal feelings but we don't have the knowledge you do so we'd well, like to have you back oh i'd be delighted to come back and don't be shy it's never too late to come to a class <laughs> okay <laughs> <you know? laughs> hey, welcome hey. community members to register part-time and take a class and learn it doesn't matter yeah. what age you are we're both over Happy 65, Sharon. Can't we audit <laughs> courses for free yeah, up yes at the university? Can. Yeah, right there on. you go. Yes, okay. you can. You're going to have a few students. Oh, boy. Excellent. <laughs> I won't guarantee I'll be there, but anyway. Uh, we're going to take a break now on Senior Moments, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. And you're listening to what cha- What station is this we're listening to? What happened to your mic? Um, I'll say it again. CFISFM 93.1. Playing music that brought us together as a nation. It's Classic Canadian Rock, Thursdays with Garrett Perry and Carl Weiss. And sometimes Billy Bannock Brown. And sometimes Billy Bannock Brown. Tune in for Garrett Perry and Carl Weeson with Classic Canadian Rock, Thursday nights at 10 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. 
Johnny and Mark from Harvey's Muffler. Let's talk about shocks and struts. Monroe recommends you change your shocks and struts after 80,000 kilometers. If you don't, it will affect your braking, cornering, tire wear, and more. So remember, bad shocks don't just mean a simple bumpy ride. Talk to the boss and keep your family safe on the road with new Monroe shocks and struts. Talk to the boss, John or Bob, at Harvey's Muffler on 20th Avenue in the Gateway. Talk to the boss at Harvey's too much month at the end of your money? Whether your budget is tight because you're buying a new home, making home renovations, or you've got plans to get a new RV for the family, we can help. We're Spruce Credit Union. Come in today for personal service and in-branch decision-making from a Spruce Credit Union loans officer. Borrow for your dreams and save for your future. Spruce Credit Union has two locations, Heart Centre Mall and on Victoria Street. We belong to you. Community Living BC is presenting two business seminars in September. The first is The Joy of Working, Everyone Makes a Difference in Williams Lake on the 24th, followed by a two-day business boot camp, the 25th and 26th in Kamloops. Details for the Williams Lake event are available at thejoyofworking.com. For information on the Kamloops boot camp, email karen.newman at gov.bc.ca. The Joy of Working, September 24th in Williams Lake, and a two-day boot camp, September 25th and 26th in Kamloops. Pre-registration is required. We're back on Senior Moments on CFIS FM 93.1, and we have Inspector Stubbs from the RCMP here, Sharon. Yes. They caught up with us finally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the last time he pulled you over, you offered him a a deal. He'd come on the show, and you wouldn't get a ticket. (laughs) Don't say that. Some people will believe it. Next thing you know, we'll have a scandal on our hands, right? We don't want that. Well, he's leaving town. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted Eric to come on to... Um, just to share with folks that we're losing him. And uh, he's going to be going back east where they seem to take all our good superintendents. They all seem to end up in Ottawa, don't they? Yes. And then um, other places, like our last superintendent is now running Manitoba. Uh, Saskatchewan. (laughs) Oh, Saskatchewan. Well, (laughs) And so I wanted to talk to Eric about what it's been like for him here. I know it's been wonderful for us. You have been so available to us whenever we've needed to talk to you and for you to come to meetings and you're personable. Um, You've got a couple of old girls that have crushes on you. I'm one of them. (laughs) He's broken my heart. He's leaving. (laughs) But you know what? My crush is because um, Eric is a he's good... He's getting nervous, he's Eric. A good, he looks no. like he's going to leave now. <laughs> he's a good man, and he has a family that he adores. And, you know, there's nothing like a man who is a strong leader, but still his family comes first. And that's mm-hmm. what I love about you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about Pat Bell, too. His family's first. Mm-hmm. And, I, and people who... Um, Include the whole, and so it's just about me. Mm-hmm. Those are very special people. So, so, are you getting any dates? Who? You? No, no, I don't. <laughs> I would, no. Why would I get a date? <laughs> I just. This is the comedy section of the oh, show. Oh, all so. right, all right. But I wanted Eric. Eric, you came and you kind of came in quietly. <laughs> How's it been? Because you came into a a tough town. You know, it. Uh, I've been in northern BC in a policing capacity, uh, well, it was about 11 years when I came to Prince George. In, I was in Mackenzie and out in Haida Gwaii and Terrace. So I certainly knew about Prince George. I was in and out of Prince George for a number of years. And 
Um, I certainly knew what I was getting myself into for the most part, uh, <laughs> not, not, uh, not 100%, but I had yeah. a good idea, that obviously, that it's a, it's a challenging uh, uh, policing environment for us. That, yes. Uh, just, you know, we're extremely busy, lots of issues uh, to manage. And uh, and for me, uh, a bigger detachment. I went from about forty members to one hundred and forty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a significant uh, uh, upgrade in terms of uh, what you're looking after. But you, you know, uh, Prince George is is a great city, and yes. I you know I, I've been here for three years. I didn't plan on leaving this early. My no. plan was to stay for six. Uh, but as I found through my career, every time I make a plan, I never follow it. So <laughs> I'm continuing that plan actually of not following my plan. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, it uh, in those three in the three years, you know, I wouldn't take it back for anything. I've uh, um, learned a lot, uh, mm-hmm. lots of challenges, but um, at the same time, a lot of uh, a lot of fun too. Got a yeah. lot of great people in my office and a lot of great people in the community, which Sharon is one of them. <laughs> um, you know, you uh, in in my business, unfortunately, you, you get to meet uh, the very worst that a community has to offer, but. Um, I'm fortunate I get to meet the very best that the community has to offer as well too. Sort of the backbone of the community type people and, uh, and, uh, you were being nice to me, Sharon. I gotta be nice to you. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, but people like Sharon and, and, you know, and I could, I could list off, you know, 30 or 40 names without even thinking mm-hmm. of people that just work so hard in this community to try to help those marginalized people, those people that need help. And, yeah. and when you see that all the time, it's not just the police fix our problems. Yeah. It's can we help you fix problems or, mm-hmm. you know, vice versa. And uh, and that's what I found in this community. Well, one of the things that you brought in that was really needed was the domestic violence uh, liaison. And uh, I understand that uh, Carla is moving back into um, another place and you've got someone else moving in. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the most important parts that um, Eric brought in for us that run shelters and work in the domestic violence. Mm -hmm. It's a closer, um, there's like, Eric can't be available all the time, though he is for me. (laughs) (laughs) Just like your doctor, he comes here and sings for you. Yeah, I know, I know. And and, why didn't that happen to me when I was younger, but never mind. (laughs) Um, And so we have someone that we can call. And we can have them come over and have a meeting. And this particular person will sit at meetings with us with other um, transition houses, lawyers, the whole thing to solve an issue. And we didn't have that availability. And it's working. It's working really well. And, yeah, and, and that's yeah. great to hear yeah. that, that it is working. And, of course, I have monitored and I know it's working. It goes through some growing pains. I think we've yeah. been at it for... I think two years that yes. that unit's been in place, and yeah. and Carla did move on, but yeah. uh, actually we have another fantastic uh, member in there, Constable Sonia Blom, isn't there? Yes. Now? I don't know if you've right. met her. Yes, I know Sonia. She was off on mat leave, I think. She was. She? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But really, uh, a really great lady, and I uh, I'm very confident she'll pick up where Carla left off. Yeah, and the domestic violence has increased. Um, it hasn't lessened, and and mm-hmm. so. We need to have that that part mm-hmm. that was missing, mm-hmm. so that's good. And um, what's been the hardest part, like here, like one of the things that upsets me is the homelessness on the the street. And uh, I heard a mayor asking to reopen the um, oh those units that were down in in New Westminster um, for Riverview. Yes, yeah. And you know, it, and they they say the government wants to keep those closed, but part of the people on the street here are people that came up here years ago when we had the meth clinics, and they've stayed. 
not all of them, but and I I wonder. I think you have patrols now, foot patrols, and I, from what I can gather, there is a relationship being built between the street people and the um, the RCMP. They they know who they are just about now. It's not like they're not people anymore. It's, well, you know, we, we we do do our best on that. The one we have found though, in uh, since I've been here. Um, you know, I think the the state of the downtown, say where most of the homeless people are, yeah. it was fairly stable there for a little while. But actually, in the last year, it has deteriorated. Okay. I would say a little bit. There's been a bit of an influx of of people that we don't know and yeah. don't have relationships with. Yeah, it was it was fairly easy for us to uh, um, a couple of years ago to kind of sort whoever yeah. one was out. But it, yeah. there's a, there's a, unfortunately a lot more people that have come into town to, I think, acquire some of the services that we have in, in Prince George. And it's been a bit of a challenge. And yeah. we're trying to sort of get on top of that yeah. uh, a little bit better but uh, and have more presence there to try to see who's down there. And yeah. uh, i, I got to say right now we're not necessarily there yet because yeah. we're seeing new people every day. And we talked to some of the service providers down there that um, – you know that that help these people, and, and they say their numbers are increasing. The vacancy rate is very low at the shelters, if not in a deficit. Wow. Really, and uh, it's, it's it's a bit of a, a bit of an issue for yeah. us. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that part. Uh, we did have um, ASAP on during the winter, mm-hmm. and Audrey came and told us about the amount of men, sort of over fifty, that were staying in that shelter um, during the winter, and. Uh, we kind of figured that they were um, men who had either been let go from their jobs or the mills that had shut down, they had no place to go. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why we're kind of working hard with uh, John Howard to open up some more units there. for mm-hmm. Because these are men who who aren't street people. They're men who have lost their jobs for wh- whatever reason and probably have started drinking. It's sort of like I remember when the guys came back from the Second World War they called them river rats that were living in Spence's Bridge. And uh, these were guys that were uh, post-traumatic stress survivors, mm. and they would live by themselves along the river, on along the Thompson River, made themselves shacks out of driftwood. And they were all ex-army guys that mm-hmm. came back from overseas. And I was wondering if these men were sort of the same. Um, same syndrome. Yeah, yeah. M- maybe not post-traumatic stress, but more or less feeling like they were thrown away. Yeah, you yeah. know, and ma- I wonder if that's some of the new people that you're running into. You know, I, I, I really can't comment specifically. I guess I'm just yeah. not on the ground uh, in the weeds that yeah, much. Right. But, yeah, But I do know, in generalities, it's been a lot of out-of-town people that yes. have come in, and, and I know uh, my old stomping grounds out in Terrace there. Um, they're they're going through a bit of a real estate boom there, mm. and prices of housing uh, have steadily uh, well they went through the roof. Uh, the house that I sold there three years ago is significantly uh, more oh, expensive dear. than it is. Yeah, I missed the boat as usual. That's the story of my Climbing's life a little with off, real right? estate. Yeah, it's part of the plan. Though. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but what they've done is they've squeezed out uh, some of the marginal people because some of the landlords who um, uh, were renting to these people can can now. Get two thousand oh dollars for a basement gosh. suite where they were getting five six hundred uh, yes. dollars when I was there. So these people are now out and they're coming into Prince okay. George. And, and I've seen that in our briefings in the mornings where uh, different names are brought up and I know that person. And mm-hmm. uh, sure enough, it's my terrace brain kicking in and yeah. uh, and that's where they're from. And, oh. and so we've seen a lot. We've seen a lot of that. And yeah. 
so it's it's not just what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't have an example of what you're talking yeah. about, but I know there's a lot of uh, people in the northern BC coming into town. Coming into town. I mean, yeah. it is the biggest center. Yeah, it's, and, the, it's the draw here. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the draw. How about it, that new building that you're in? You've been in now for a little while. How are you, how is it working out? Well, we have, we've been in there for a couple months, and yeah. we're certainly, I would say, still stretching our legs there a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, there's lots of room to stretch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, you know, it's a fantastic building. It, mm-hmm. You know... Um, you know, from the outside, which maybe most people have seen, if you haven't, I know you you were in there for criminal record check. Yeah, yeah. and that's it, as I understand. But I'm still on the street. Still on the street. You know, it looks quite opulent or whatever, but it is it is very nice inside, uh, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. But it is extremely functional too. As we've moved around the building, uh, there's always different changes that you want to make, or you got to tweak yeah. a few things. But it was well designed uh, to serve our needs, so yeah. we can do our job better. Yeah, and it going. starts uh, in a number of areas. You know, our cell block. Uh, the old the old attachment, the cell block, is sort of known throughout uh, uh, the province, <laughs> if not the country, in terms of having that elevator ride up on the yeah. second floor. Well, that was like the Vancouver City bucket. They had the same thing. There. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, so to actually have a proper cell block uh, for our members and for our prisoners, our clients, uh, that they're safer, it's easier, everything is just smoother uh, in yeah. the new detachment. You know, our exhibit room, uh, we probably uh, were five to six times larger than we were Oh uh, it was boy. so jammed in there, and we have you know specific rooms for drugs and firearms, and, and it's just very, very smooth and very excellent. Uh, uh, it's excellent. And then of course the office space and mm-hmm. uh, and some of the things for our members. We have a really nice gym there for them to exercise, oh. so they're in good shape. So no excuses anymore to see an out of shape Mountie in Prince George. You can come talk to me about that. Yeah, <laughs> we need well. to monitor that situation. <laughs> yeah, no, that's nice though. I the building is beautiful. Yeah, and. Uh, I've heard heard people say it looks like a library, but I don't know. It looks like a, a piece of mountain. With, mm-hmm. You know, it's got all yeah. of the kind of northern f- flavor to it. I just, yeah. I really like. Well, it. Well, it is different. And you know, one thing that when you walk into the front door, it um, there was another detachment that just opened about the same size. I won't mention the uh, the community, but. It, um, you know, it was very institutional. Like, you yeah. just, it, it's, it just uh, feels like a government building. And this one is a bit more welcoming. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of people, uh, probably for, except for the criminal record check people, but a lot of people come to our office and it's something negative. They've been yeah, a victim of something right. yeah. or they're a yeah. suspect or they've been charged or their family. Or they're, they're, somewhere, it's, it's kind of a negative thing. So to have this institutional building, you know, sort of surround you with all white and uh, windows yeah. and you have to yell through different, you know, yeah. take, well, it's a bit more welcoming and, yeah. and maybe it'll start that experience. Experience just uh, on a po- more positive note. Yeah. yeah. Well, on yeah. a positive note, let's take another break, Sharon. Okay. Okay. Yeah, We're yeah. on Senior Moments on CFIS FM 93.1, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Le Cirque de Canadien Francais is celebrating St. John Baptiste Day on Tuesday, June 24th. The evening will include a barbecue with hamburgers and hot dogs, salad and beverages, plus games, cake, music, and a special guest. Rain or shine, the festivities will go on. Come out and enjoy the celebration. For more information, call 250-561-2565. St. John Baptiste Day, 430 Tuesday, June 24th at Le Cirque de Canadien Francais, 17th and Fur. Pizza Hut delivers more than just pizza. Check out their current menu with starters, wings, Tuscany pastas, their famous calzones, and even dessert. Of course, you can also order from their list of great pizza favorites with your choice of crust or create your own. Take advantage of their Monday special, buy any medium or large pizza, and get a medium pizza for just $5. Located in the Parkwood Plaza, Pizza Hut delivers. Call 250-564-7488. 
Every month, more than 1.2 million Canadians conduct online searches for healthy recipes. The Government of Canada is committed to helping Canadians make healthy food choices. As part of their Eat Well campaign, a Canadian heart and stroke dietitian has developed 12 recipes especially for Canadian families. Find these recipes and a wealth of information and tips on healthy living for your entire family online at healthycanadians.gc.ca. The best of health to you and your family from Health Canada. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, sunny, wind from the south at 20, a high of 22, and a high UV index. Tonight, increasing cloudiness early this evening. South winds becoming light, down to a low of 9. On Wednesday, cloudy, becoming a mix of sun and cloud near noon. A 30% chance of showers in the evening. Wind from the northwest at 20 starting in the afternoon, and a high of 20. back on Senior Moments on CFIS-FM, and we've been talking to uh, Superintendent Eric Stubbs from yes. the local RCMP. I guess in some ways you're the equivalent of a police chief, like, are I, you, Eric? I, I guess that would be yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prince George's police chief. There you go. Well, the other thing that was exciting was that we got the musical ride brought to town. Yeah, that was yeah. fun. I couldn't and, and, saw that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know that. So many people haven't seen that live. You see it on TV, but it's really something to go into the barn, see the horses, mm-hmm. see the muckers, see the, and see how um, the riders also look after the horses, how much they love them, and and the connections to them. And there wasn't one mean horse there. There wasn't one horse that tried to nip or bite anybody. <laughs> and I was, you know, you usually find one that's spoiled, and if you don't have an orange or an apple, or an apple, I mean, for it'll put its ears back. But oh, they were beautiful, and that yeah. was so much fun. And we had Meg with us. They're well trained, though. Yeah. Sharon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but that doesn't matter. They still have personalities. They're yeah. not robots, and. Uh, and then um, Eric dragged Meg through the muck and the horse manure. <laughs> <laughs> right, I remember that. 89 years of age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She loved it so much. She walked right through the barn, saw all the horses. Yeah, that was really cool. exciting for us, I think. That yeah, was a good George. event for sure. Yeah. 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 And the, of course, we had a regimental ball uh, in November, which the, you went uh, yes. as well, and uh, and that was a great event. Over 600 people uh, came out to that, as well as the commissioner of the RCMP and our commanding officer in BC, and that was uh, another great event that year. And women in Prince George love to get dressed up. Mm. Everybody looked beautiful. They were think, all ball gowns. Like you it think was, that's exclusive to Prince George? Sure. Well, it's it's we don't do that very often. No, women like to I'm get saying. dressed up yeah. no matter what. Mm. And it, but this is a these are long gowns. It's mm-hmm. not just the cocktail stuff. Yeah, this it's is, a ball. Yeah, yeah it, it was a ball, and it was beautiful, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so we we had a little class brought to us, I think, hmm. because I would love to have a ball like that every year, and and uh, I can wear a ball gown more than once. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll wear one. This <laughs> I think you'd look awful in one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so now you're moving. Um, and you're going to Ottawa. What are you going to be doing there? Retrained? <laughs> well, certainly. Uh, in, in my, I've been in the RCMP over over 20 years. Uh, wow. 21 and a half, I think it is, or wow. something. And I've been in detachments my whole career, and uh, so that's kind of what I know or what I've been exposed to. Yeah. So I'm taking a bit of a left turn, and uh, I'm going into the national headquarters, and there certainly will be a learning curve on on um, how they do business how you know that's a machine there yep. thousands of employees yep. both RCMP and civilian members and public yep. servants work there and 
Uh, so I got I got to learn how that works, and it's wow. going to be it's going to be a challenge. The specific job that I'm doing, the title of it is called National Criminal Operations Officer, and it's kind of complex to describe what I'll be doing. But generally, everything that uh, to do with sort of frontline policing issues is something that'll roll up under the desk. And there's a number of programs like use of force and um, I think eventually traffic services and Aboriginal policing's in there, as well as policies that uh, uh, that we need to uh, roll out across the country. Sort of rolls up under the desk, and then I wow. push it, I push it up to uh, uh, to people with more rank than me, and then they make the decisions on what to do. So it's going to be a challenge, I think, it's something completely different. So um, you know what they say: change is good as a rest. We'll give it a shot. Well, the way that I look at something like that is that I'm getting paid to learn something new. And and I love that. I love getting paid to learn, and and that's what you'll be doing as well as being responsible for a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I, yeah that's I, pretty heavy responsibility. <laughs> well, you know, there is a lot of uh, people in, in in Ottawa, of course, mm-hmm. and some of what you're what you're doing, uh, uh, you know, you just make recommendations, and then people yeah. above you make uh, decisions. So, you know, what I think it'll be uh, manageable in that regard, but it'll it'll be a challenge, and uh, mm-hmm. it almost feels like uh, you know I'm sort of changing careers almost, but I'm bringing my experience as a police officer to my new career because it's that, it's that different but mm-hmm. you know we uh, we've been out to Ottawa my wife and I and we uh, we bought a house a few weeks ago and got to know you know it seems like a beautiful community it really it does is, there's yeah. so much there we've been in I've been in there a little bit for work um, but not with the eye of looking at it to, to live yeah. and uh, when you when you have it with that eye it, it certainly is is going to be interesting, and we're Western people, so to have access to sort of Eastern Canada as well as the U.S. I mean, a day's yeah. drive away is New York and Boston, and uh, you know Montreal and Toronto are close. The Maritime, yeah. so we're gonna we're gonna see it all. And see some uh, good hockey games if you want. If you're into that. <laughs> well. I, I hate to say this in a public forum, but I'm an Oilers fan, so I oh. they they'll only come to of come to you are. they'll only come to Edmonton or sorry to Ottawa once a year, so I'll definitely get to that game anyway. Yeah, and, and what's your title going to be? Um, well, I said it's the National Criminal Operations National, Officer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. National, My, wow. It's it's a it's a promotion. I'll be a Chief Superintendent. Wow. Very yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And it's getting pretty close to the top, isn't it? Oh, it's Deputy a lot. Deputy commissioners <laughs> above you, and then uh, commissioner. uh, no, there's assistant commissioners too. Oh, there's, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a few of them. There's, a, there's a lots of layers there. Yeah, I've got no worries. Yeah. And so, did you buy right in Ottawa, or did you buy well, in the outskirts? Well, the, the new headquarters. It's a new location now, as of a couple of years ago. And uh-huh. luckily for us in the RCMP, it's in an area that, that's surrounded by suburbs. Oh, okay. So we're in a place uh, called Barhaven, which uh-huh. is sort of yeah. south of uh, yeah, it's south of the the headquarters so you know i'm going to have about the same commute to work that i have in prince george right so wow. uh, and that's I, I i hold that very close to me i, I do not want to be in a car for no. half hour or an hour looking at a bumper in front of me i don't <laughs> no. have that d- dna makeup to get through those so i well, headquarters well, were in uh, on the east side of the city uh when i was working there it was an old uh catholic Monastery? Monastery that they, the, the Catholic Church couldn't finish, so the RCMP took it over. Oh, okay. And the, the fingerprint bureau was in the gym downstairs, about a hundred of us down in the basement searching fingerprints. You know? <laughs> that sounds fun. Oh, yeah, it was really, you know, spiders hanging from the, from the ceiling. <laughs> really right. kind of creepy. Yeah. They were really listening devices. Yeah. You didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. But, uh, where is it located now? Where is it, uh, of course? Well, it's, you know, I don't know all that well. It's, it, yeah. but it's, it's, um, East, southeast, uh, kind of at the, of the main town. Okay. And in, in Barhaven. It's in Barhaven. It's yeah. just kind of on the edge of Barhaven. Yeah. Right by the, uh, yeah, the Rito, uh, river oh, kind mm-hmm. of flows yeah. to the, nice. I guess it's the nice. east of it. So it, right by the, actually, actually the best description is it's just uh, west of the airport. Probably okay. a 10 minute drive okay. west of the airport. 
So it's a lot farther west than it used to be. Because uh, it used to be well, on the east end that. of the city in uh, right. In Bob o- knows in that you don't. Okay. <laughs> he can tell you anything. Yeah, I know it was on Vanier. We passed it when we yeah. were there a couple of weeks ago, but I, I I didn't have all my bearings there. So. Well, but you you're just a, a hop, skip, and a jump from Quebec, and oh, uh, yeah. and Valleyfield is a wonderful town, and they have those Lots big of skiing races across the river, and, yeah, and, 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 and yeah. boat races, and mm-hmm. and Remember, skiing. Uh, if you ski. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, oh, you bet. Yeah, yeah we were going to do it all and uh, skating on the Rideau Canal. Oh, yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. That's good. Your kids will just love it. And you have a beaver it. tail. Uh, actually, <laughs> I was at the fire pit the other day, and they were they were really nice. They gave me this gorgeous drum oh. um, that had that they painted the RCMP emblem as long as their fire pit uh, emblem. Yeah. And they also made some uh, uh, gloves for me. Oh. And they're out of out of the hide. Yeah. And long gloves with uh, the Canadian flag beaded onto it and fur and whatnot. And I'm going to, I told Violet, who yeah. you know Violet. Yes. I told her I'm going to wear those and skate down the Rideau Canal. Oh, how nice. That's really nice. Here's a story for you. When when (laughs) when I was about 10 or 12 years old, I had a buddy, his name was Jim, and he was the brains. He was, you know, he was the guy that got us in trouble. So, you know, it was a hot summer day. He said, let's go swimming in the canal. You know, and of course... We went swimming in the canal. Of course, guess who fished us out? Oh, yes. The RCMP. You know, they came out and said, you're not allowed to swim in here, boys. You know, come on. Oh. Oh. No, but so. it's great for the kids. Yeah. You'll see lots of history. Mm. Oh, and, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's a rainy weekend, you got nothing to do. There's about 20 museums there yeah. to go see. So uh, we're going to, like I said, we're going to do it oh, all. Enjoy great. the experience. And uh, I'll, uh, work will be good, too. There's some great people on the unit that I'm at above mm-hmm. me and beneath me. Yeah. And, uh um, I'm very optimistic. We'll have a good time. Uh, well, I have yeah. to say, their their gain, our loss, yeah. Ottawa's gain. Oh, you're too kind, Sharon. <laughs> but they, they yeah. keep producing them, and they keep. You know, I'm sure his replacement will be every bit as good. You <laughs> betcha. Yeah. You know who that is? I don't actually. They're just sort yeah. of. Uh, they've shortlisted, and they're going to have an interview uh, panel. Um, I believe in the first week or two in uh, July here. And yeah. They'll sort it out. Unfortunately. Uh, um, that, that's not quite as efficient as we'd like it, but uh, <laughs> that's the way it goes. <laughs> it is. What about the old police station? Do you know what's happening with that? Well, that's a municipal building yeah, yeah. owned by the city of Prince George, so mm-hmm. it's up to them to uh, sort that out. Um, um, there's, t- I think the winter games, when the games are actually up and running, are going to use that, that building yeah. because their present facilities won't be good for the actual operation of it. Yeah. And, uh but they, I mean, they are, I believe, looking to sell it if they can. And I know we we facilitated some tours uh, for potential buyers there throughout the last year. And but I, I don't, I don't stick my nose oh. in that business. Yeah, okay. no, no. Yeah, it's a good place for the homeless. They need some fixing up, though. Well, yeah. we yeah. can just yeah. pull, throw a bed in. I mean, they don't need a lot. They don't want yeah. a lot. Just a dry place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's an okay building, but I mean, it is uh, it's a beast uh, to keep running when when it comes to the furnace and the heat and the yes. air conditioning. We'd, there'd be different parts of the building. One part would be freezing. The, we- the other part would be a sauna, and uh, so you never knew what what you got when you walked into a different yeah, building. Yeah, you had so. to bang the pipes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, Eric, I can't. Thank you enough for giving us some of your valuable time. I know you're getting ready to leave town, and and um, he had to cancel something because I kept forgetting things. <laughs> yeah, I told her I wasn't available today, and she said I'm, uh, a week later she penciled me in for this date. And I said, "Do you remember our conversation?" So I, she was nagging enough. I had to come. That's one of her strong points. Yes, she yeah. nags me. I show up yeah. every week on time. Yeah. I've learned that over my three years. But seriously, for a moment, we'd just like to say how much we regretted the events that happened in Moncton here recently. Yes. We really uh, feel that yeah. it's, it's horrible. You yeah. Know, it, yeah. Uh, it got us. Well, last Tuesday when Tom yeah. was here, Dr. Yeah. Tom Young, we yeah. st- we started 
we just wanted to remember, hmm. and uh, we all ended up in tears. Yeah, well, you know? almost, yeah. Tom yeah. had to take a break. Yeah, from singing, from singing. Mm-hmm. and so uh, we really appreciate the work you do, and oh yeah, everybody gets goes to work with the chance of getting shot while they're on duty. No, right? no, they don't. So thank well, you. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate that. No problem. Yeah, yeah. we really do appreciate yeah. everything you've brought to our community. Oh, well, well, thanks, Sharon. Yeah. Okay, okay. we're going to wrap it up. And, okay. Uh, I guess we'll be back next week, Sharon. I guess we will. Well, you know, there's no picketers outside, so we'll be here. <laughs> Join us next week when yeah. we'll have more Senior Moments. And best of luck. Thank you, Sharon. Senior Moments is a co-production of 93.1 CFIS-FM and the Prince George Council of Seniors. Executive producer is Lou Ellerton. Theme music for Senior Moments is courtesy of Golf Brooks Music. Visit www.senior-moments.ca for replays of Senior Moments plus video and photos of the show.